0: Hello, so before I begin this podcast, I'd like to re emphasize the fact that Fissure Mentalist is here to help you as a physiotherapist student and as a young physiotherapist. Feel free to reach out to us. <laughs> I have established the fact that laboratory values are important for us as physiotherapists. It helps us to anticipate physiological changes, especially when the values are out of range. And also, they may or may not help us determine whether we are going to intervene in a particular patient or whether we are going to um, withhold our treatment. So, it's best for us sometimes to just check them and uh, check their significant trend, significant trend. Um, the next podcast would be about when we should re- request for one and how we should interpret one. But basically, this particular one will try to explain the EU creatinine test. So the kidney is an important organ in the body. It helps balance, electrolytes and solute, Um, Two major processes occur in the kidney. The filtration at the glomerulus. The reabsorption at the proximal and distal tubule. Um, at the glomerulus, a lot of the solutes are filtrated. 99% of them are reabsorbed at the proximal tubule. The remaining percentage would be um, reabsorbed at the uh, distal tubule. water is also reabsorbed both at the proximal and at the distal tubule. so that keeps going on the solutes include potassium sodium calcium chlorine um etc so sometimes there is a misbalance between um the amount in the body, and the amount that is being excreted, the amount that is being reabsorbed. And sometimes the kidney fails to reabsorb these um, electrolytes, so we have um, quite a high um, concentration of these solutes in urine, rather than in the extracellular matrix where they're supposed to be, rather than in the body where they're supposed to be. I won't say extracellular matrix because some of them are intracellular um like um, potassium They're more intracellular than extracellular but basically sometimes uh, the kidney doesn't reabsorb them and sometimes they don't get filtered by the kidney at all they remain inside the cell inside the body so then we have high concentration of them and this disturbs the entire body because the body tries to um, make up for their presence or make up for their absence. For example, sodium. When sodium is too high in the body, because it's osmo um osmotically active, it it uh, um draws water with it. If um since sodium stays in the extracellular matrix more than the intracellular, it keeps um it, it drives water from the cell to itself so you have cell um uh cell losing its fluidity and that could lead to cell dehydration but then you still have fluid retention in the body swelling and if there is um fluid retention swelling that would increase peripheral resistance movement of blood automatically increasing that but um leading to hypertension because sodium is high in the body when sodium is low um it could lead to um, complications like physical weakness patients might be weak and sometimes complain of cramp and that's because of the uh uh, the function of sodium in in um, generation of action potential the sodium potassium uh, channel if sodium is low, that um, process would be uh, would not be as effective as it used to, and that would re- result into the uh, generation of a low action potential, automatically leading to weakness. And um, if that occur in uh, sensory fibers carrying pain sensation. That could result into complications like cramp and then um, potassium for example uh if potassium is low in the body we well, know the function of potassium also in generation of action potential so if it's low there's usually complaints of weakness uh muscle weakness uh, uh, and when potassium is high what do we have now the muscle would um work excessively because there's especially skeletal and cardiac muscle um because of the excess potassium inside them so you have muscle twitching you could have um uh what's this called again um um it's a form of cardiac arrhythmia now the arc muscle is contracting more than normally would that could result into um an hypertrophy of some of the cardiac muscle that could result into a lot more complication so uh what else and that could be seen if 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 there was a a ECG. you could see that with an increased T-wave, that shows that um, potassium might be high in that particular patient. Also electrolytes like calcium if calcium is too low in the body, that could also result into paresthesia, even muscle spasm and seizure and if it's too high, it could lead to bradycardia. So the work of calcium is a It antagonizes the work of potassium in cardiac muscle. So, if potassium is too high, usually we try to infuse some calcium chloride to balance it and antagonize that reaction. So, potassium causes contraction, calcium relaxes. So, if calcium is too low, then the cardiac muscle will be too relaxed. That's the idea. So, if it's too high in the body, calcium could lead to um, bradycardia. Okay. Uh, and then uh, you could see that on an ECG with a short-in um, QT interval. Uh, yeah. Chlorine also. If chlorine is too low in the body, it could result into um, metabolic alkalosis. And if it's too high, metabolic acidosis. So, EU creatinine. Where let's I think it's important for us to break down where we get the urea and creatinine from. Urea is a end product of breakdown of amino acid. I mean proteins by the liver. So when a um, patient is going through um um a metabolic reaction is that the right word like something is breaking down No, our body is made up of proteins muscles made up of proteins um all the tissues are made up of proteins so if a tissue is breaking down then you have more um, amino acid breakdown and more urea so patients fasting for example patients um bond patients for example patients going through a lot of um body uh a lot of metabolic reaction, a lot of breakdown of proteins would have high urea um, in, in them. Creatinine too would be high for patients going through um, muscle breakdown because of the creatinine phosphate that the muscle uses as a source of energy. So, so the best thing for us is just to make sense of these thing. So normally patients come to us the complaint of weakness and we try to check if it's Neurogenic, if it's musculogenic if it's um, atrogenic, but then once you rule out all these things, and patient is still feeling weak, then you might want to check these lab values. But well, when do they become significant? Um, when should we request for it? Can we request for it? That I'll talk about on the next podcast. Thank you. <music> sure you've learned one thing or the other. Don't go yet though. Check the list of our recorded podcast and find one more to listen to. My name is Abbas Ademala.